Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 134 in Edmonton back here on Oilers Now. Brendan Ulrich with you. You can text us at 630-630. Brought to you by Westlock Ford. If you're looking for a new vehicle, go see Paul Olson at Westlock Ford or check out their great selection today at westlockford.com. Worth the drive to get your new ride. Some guests on Oilers Now receive gift certificates to Ruth Chris Stakos. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Ruth Chris Stakos. Uh, 9990 Jasper Avenue. A reminder, every Wednesday is date night at Roos Chris, which you can dine for $120. All right. Big football game tonight. The Eskimos in Hamilton to take on the Ticats. And joining us from Hamilton is Dave Campbell, our Eskimos radio analyst. Uh, Dave, how are things hey. going? Hey, I'm great. How are you? Not bad at all, my man. Uh, how's Hamilton treating you? Well, we're actually in. Uh, we're staying in Nearside Burlington, okay, which is uh, which is fantastic. Uh, we're staying along the waterfront, and the waterfront uh, um, along Burlington is uh, is a fantastic sight to see. So, um, so very happy to be uh, in Burlington. Nothing against Hamilton, but uh, you know, we, we go to Hamilton today for the, for the game. We were there yesterday at Tim Hortons Field, and uh, looking forward to uh, making the commute back there. It should be a good football game tonight. Oh, it should, and the Eskimos will have some uh, revenge on their minds. Hamilton looked really good when they were in Edmonton earlier in the season, Dave. They're coming off a bye, I believe, as well, but uh, I still really think this is a, a very good Hamilton team. They've sort of been up and down since they beat the Eskimos. What was that way back in week three? Um, so I don't know. Like, What are you expecting from this team tonight, and how close of a game should this be, I guess, on paper? Well, if you, if you want to say, you know, traditionally – uh, games at Tim Hortons Field or in Hamilton between these two teams have really been close games. You know, going back to uh, you know maybe the 2013 season uh, when they played in Guelph um, that year, and they've been really close games at Tim Hortons Field. And the Eskimos have won uh, a lot of those games. I remember that uh, the big win game, and there's a lot of win games that happen at, uh, in Hamilton at Tim Hortons. Um, but Mike Riley passed for uh, 49 yards, if you remember. He was 7-22 of 22 for 49 yards, and the Eskimos won that football game. That was the game where Zach Caleros got knocked out for the season because of that knee injury. So um, I would expect a, a close game tonight. You know, going back to that Week 2 game, um, it was the week after the, uh, the longest continuous game in CFL history in Winnipeg with, the, with that three-hour total rain delay, or lightning delay, I should say, against the Bombers. Uh, and then the Eskimos had a bunch of injuries from that game. I think it was four. Their defense was uh, 
pretty much a patchwork group. Uh, young secondary. They had a young D line. Of course, they had that going into the season, obviously with uh, with the departures of uh, several veteran defensive linemen. And what did Hamilton do? They walked in and they basically kicked the Eskimos' butt in all three phases. You know, it wasn't like the loss in Toronto or the loss in BC a couple weeks ago, where the Eskimos had that game in their in their grasp and they found a way to to, to let it slip through their hands uh, because of penalties and because of uh, you know a number of things. Uh, offense could move the ball, defense going to make a stop at the end of the game. You know, you know that wasn't the case against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Yet they did have a chance. You remember in that game. Uh, 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 Brennan, they, the Eskimos got a touchdown. They cut the lead to 10, and then what did the Ticats do? Uh, Mercer Timmis, who just, just destroyed them along the ground, Canadian running back, uh, had a, a long touchdown, I believe, of 40-plus yards in that end of the ball game. So um, tonight, it's it's a much different story between the two teams. I do think Hamilton should be better than they are. But they're kind of mirroring, in some respects, the Eskimos as far as their penalty situation. Uh, the Ticats are seventh in the league in uh, penalties taken and penalty yards, while the Eskimos are, are number one in both categories. But uh, they've taken a lot of procedures, a lot of offsides, that pre-snap penalty. They've taken a lot of penalties in their in their special teams, and they've taken the most pass interference call of anyone in the league. So, but when you got two offenses like this, uh, you got to think that it's going to be uh, it's the potential for a shootout here. Yeah, and the Hamilton uh, offense was humming in that game against the Eskimos. Uh, I believe they were really picking on, uh, was it Hunter and Hoover on that one side, and the Eskimos just couldn't get off the field at times, and Banks was all, with his speed and skill, he was just sort of yeah. working them uh, inside and out. But uh, you talked about it, the, the defense has changed uh, since then, and they are healthier. And overall, they haven't really had any huge plays on defense, Dave, but the D has been serviceable uh, for the last few games, and uh, maybe those big plays will be coming at some point. You know, there's a lot of people that I interact with, and whether it's social media or just in person or, or text or whatever it is, and, and I hear this a lot, I don't like Mike Benavides' defense. And I'm going, why? You know, <laughs> And I kind of understand why. I mean, they do give up a lot of big plays uh, along the ground. They give up a lot of big plays through the air. Um, they have the most uh, completions given up of uh, 30 yards or more. It's around 20. Um, and, yeah, their, their run defense can be a little suspect. Um, but what they do is, you're right, I mean, there's the, the playmaking ability doesn't seem to be there right now. Um, and that's kind of surprising when you got guys like Aaron Grimes, for example, and Forsyth Tower and, and J.C. Sherritt. Uh, but what they are doing very well is playing good team defense. And um, they're fourth in the league in, in net yards allowed. And after that game in Hamilton, or against Hamilton at home, Brandon, they were number nine. So they've improved in that area. They're the number one uh, best or the number one team in sacks. They have 22 sacks in the season. Um, you know, they, they do give up some, some yardage, um, but they don't give up a lot of points, and they're, they're starting to, you know, really dig in here. Last seven games, they, they're averaging around 21, 22 points allowed a game, and with the offense led by Mike Riley, you know that that's enough to, to win you a football game. But um, you look at Hamilton tonight, and Mazzoli likes to air it out. You mentioned Brandon Banks. I mean, he's got the most 100-yard uh, receiving games of the season. In fact, if you go back 18 games to last season, so that would put them around sometime in September. Uh, he's leading receiver in the CFL. In fact, the Ticats would have the top three of the top four receivers. Uh, they would have Jalen Saunders, Luke Tasker, and Samage in the middle of that at Darrell Walker. So this is an offense that likes to get after it. The Eskimos defensively like to get after it as far as getting the quarterback. The Ticats have a young offensive line. They're the uh, worst team in the league, I believe, in protecting the quarterback. 
um, as far as sacks go, and that's not always on the offensive line. But um, so there are some things that set up for the, for the defense here. But man, you're going to have to find a way to to really limit Jeremiah Mazzoli. Yeah, no doubt about that. Chatting with Dave Campbell here, uh, our Eskimos in-game, or not in-game, our Eskimos analyst, I was thinking. No, that's that's Blake. Blake, yes. I always say, and of course, on the other side, it's uh, it's Rob Brown, but uh, yeah, that's right. a little bit different. Uh, you're we'll actually there. will be from him soon, I'm sure. Yes, hopefully. Yeah. Can't wait to hear from Rob. Um, <laughs> but yes, Morley and yourself will have the game tonight from Hamilton. But the offense... Let's talk about the offense here, Dave, because uh, they looked really good against Montreal last week, and they had, uh, you know, Mitchell, who had a 100-yard game, big touchdown, and he was really, really good. I know you love him. Yeah, I love him. And then uh, Cooper as well had a huge game, but uh, maybe at times struggled in uh, pass protection. But all of a sudden you have Gable back, and he'll play, so Cooper's off the roster, and... I was surprised with uh, Hazleton starting over Mitchell, but maybe you can shed some uh, more light on those two changes. Yeah, let's start with the easy one first. I think C.J. Gable, it's a no-brainer that you want to put him back in the lineup. Uh, One is the pass protection part of it, and that's the one area that Shaq Cooper struggled with at times last week against the Montreal Alouettes. And C.J. Gable is maybe the premier pass blocker from the running back position in the CFL. Secondly, he's going back to Hamilton. And... Revenge game. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he loved he loved it here in Hamilton. Um, he loved the fans. He loved the community. Loved the city. Um, it was uh, it hurt him that he got traded. Uh, he really you know still misses the fan base, but uh, he loves being in Edmonton because he's getting a lot of usage, and he's averaging 15 carries a game during his time as an Eskimo, where he averaged eight carries a game with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. They use him primarily as a pass blocker, so and he did that very well. But, you know, get to Vidal Hazleton and Bryant Mitchell. Okay, let's go back here into training camp. Bryant Mitchell was with the starters to start. But two, three days into camp, he hurts himself. And he, we don't see him until week, uh, week three, I believe, against the uh, or week four, something like that, against the Toronto Argos. Um, and he was basically used in spot duty. You have Vidal Hazleton, who is an established starter, uh, broke his foot in that first game against Winnipeg. And then on his way back from uh, recovery, suffers a high ankle sprain. But the point is, is that Vidal Hazleton's established starter, and Bryant Mitchell isn't at this stage, and he's had trouble staying healthy as well, but he has not established himself as a starter, as an every-week starter. And let's face it, Kenny Stafford, uh, he took the job in training camp. You know, I think it was down to Mitchell and Stafford for one spot in the receiving core. Stafford won it. You know, he, he earned it. Um, he took advantage of the fact that, you know, that the door was open for him and he took it. So what happens here on out, I don't know. It's tough to see Bryant Mitchell on the sidelines. And I talked to Jason Moss about it. He says it's extremely tough. We knew we were going to get a good game, maybe not that good from Bryant Mitchell, but he says, I have a plan in place. I need to see Vidal Hazleton in the lineup. I think he brings a different dimension. I mean, Brennan, you've seen him play. If you're a defensive back, you know you're facing Vidal Hazleton because he talks to you and, he, and, and you can you can feel him. I mean, he's a nasty piece of business, and he can catch almost every route on the field too. So, but it's hard when you have a hot hand versus the guy that you know is just coming back from an injury, and you hope that you know conditioning wise he's going to be okay, he's going to be in football shape, that sort of thing. Hope he doesn't get re-injured, that that kind of thing. But you know, I just think it just comes down to the numbers game, the fact that Hazleton's an established starter and Mitchell. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hasn't proved that yet. Yeah, it's interesting. We'll have to see. I, I love both uh, players, so... Um... It is the one thing though. It's like they attacked the middle of the field really well against Montreal with uh, Mitchell and some of those routes he was running were just things of beauty. So and he had a lot of great yards after catch as well. So yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm sure they'll get both of them in onto the field at some point tonight. Well, uh, and yeah. another point too is that like remember what happened in that game, uh, week two in Edmonton. Jerry Glanville, who's the defensive coordinator now of the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and of course we know Jerry Glanville, longtime NFL coach. Um, he played he played man-to-man defense, and he took away the quick game for the Eskimos, and he basically goaded them to beat him deep. So that's very interesting that, you know, we'll, we'll see what how the Eskimos handle that tonight because you remember that game, and they had several shots down the field, and the Eskimos converted on very little of them, right? Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think uh, Duke Williams had an 88-yard touchdown, but other than that, they didn't have a lot of big gainers down the field. So, you know, we'll see if they find a way to first get Gable established and see if they can open up the middle of the field to play the quick game to set up the long game. Or if, you know what, if, if Jerry Glanville wants to play it again, you know, the Eskimos have the receivers to play that long game. Um, but Vidal Hazelton's definitely someone that can catch any route in the field, especially those intermediate and those short routes. And uh, Mitchell can do that as well. So, uh, I mean, Hazelton's catch rate was 75% last year. And Mitchell's was about 81, so they're pretty close in that area. But um, you know Glanville's going to want to play aggressively, and that kind of plays into Mike Riley's hands. But if, if they have the same sort of success in Week 2, which was very little, this is going to be a long night. And another factor, Delvin Bro is playing the corner. Mm. He's probably the best shutdown corner in the CFL, and he's a starter in the NFL at one point. And uh, Darrell Walker will be matched up against him. And uh, Darrell Walker, you know, I mean, he's a guy that likes to get after it too, and he likes those challenges, so... Uh, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, a lot of cooks in the old kitchen there, uh, Dave. Do you think they end up trading one of these guys at some point? Um, I don't know. I mean, at this Our point, more depth is a know, good thing. I don't know what the value would be on a Bryant Mitchell at this point. Um, I think the team has to be in real receiver trouble um, to uh, to definitely warrant uh, something that the Eskimos would want. But at this point, I mean, you never know where injuries are going to come up. And, Val Hazelton does have a penchant of getting injured. Um, you know, he hasn't been able to stay healthy, unfortunately, as his time as an Eskimo. Um, but, you know, I think right now, you know, I think uh, I think Brock Sunderland and, and Jason Moss are just happy with the, the way the roster sets up. And uh, Bryant Mitchell is definitely a utility guy you want to keep in your back pocket. So uh, I don't think that they would be too quick to uh, to hurt their receiving core and, and, and the depth of that receiving core. Well, they will leave... Uh... 
Actually, let's uh, talk about Calgary and uh, Saskatchewan here quickly before we let's let you it. go. Because uh, I know SummerSlam was on on Sunday, but uh, I know we were probably both <laughs> flipping back and forth a little bit uh, watching both uh, the Saskatchewan <laughs> and Calgary game and SummerSlam. But um, Saskatchewan, wow, they look really good uh, against Calgary. And all of a sudden, I mean, Saskatchewan, like how good of a team can they be? The Kalaros is back. Um, can they give the Eskimos a run for their money here for a second or maybe even catch, I don't know if they're going to catch Calgary, but, you know, give them yeah. a run for their money at some point here uh, down the stretch? I'll say about about what happened on, on Sunday. What, what, what I'll say about the offense is I think it looked better than what we saw in Edmonton and definitely, you know, all the games without Zach Kalaros. Zach Galeros, I thought, looked good in Edmonton, but he just wasn't given an offense that could really challenge uh, challenge the defense after that one long touchdown to Deron Carter. Um, I, I think Zach Galeros, I don't know if he'll ever get back to that MLP form, but I think he's still a good enough quarterback. He can help that offense. Um, the thing is, the offense didn't really factor all that much into the scoring other than, than Brett Lowe's field goals, and they had their one touchdown from Nick Marshall, who's a defensive back, a former quarterback in college. But what do they do? They move the ball very well. They ran the ball very well. Uh, you know, the, the heartbeat of that team is still going to be the defense led by head coach and D coordinator Chris Jones. And the way they pressured Bo Levi Mitchell, they did it in so many different ways, uh, mixing up the fronts, delayed blitzes from linebackers, sending defensive backs. They just did it in so many different ways. And you give Chris Jones two weeks, you know, they had a bye week. You give him two weeks and he can come up with a pretty decisive game plan. Uh, I think uh, their special teams are good, but I think it all depends on that offense. And But I'm telling you, this, this team defensively is always going to be a tough out, but can they have the offense to complement them? I think there are signs there, Brendan, with Zach Caleros, but I, I'm not totally convinced they're out of the woods yet. Yeah, well, that, that Lambert kid looked pretty good last week, too, so he you did. can see why they sort of uh, uh, let, uh, what the heck's his name? Carter go. They let Carter go, yeah, of course, so Carter, that's sort yeah. of why, you can see why maybe with him emerging, so. And they made a signing yesterday. They, they signed uh, Kenny Shaw to the practice roster. Had a pretty good year two years ago with the Argos. He was a 1,000-yard receiver. Was uh, one of the notable free agent signings the offseason before by the Ottawa Red Blacks. But he played, like, I think, one game. He was hurt all season. So that could be a sneaky little signing. And, the, and Kenny Shaw, when he was healthy, is a guy that definitely stretched defenses and could attack all zones on the, on the field. So I found that a very interesting signing. And on Carter, it sounds like he's he's going to go back or he's going to go to the Toronto Argos and rejoin Jim Pop. So that's interesting because I, I always thought that Mark Trestman wouldn't put up with an attitude like that. But I think maybe Deron Carter needs a coach like Mark Trestman who will put his thumb on him. And Deron Carter has already deleted his Twitter account. So the signs are pointing towards Carter going to Toronto. And boy, they need a big receiver like him. Well, Dave, have some fun tonight. What time will you be back on the air? Uh, 4 o'clock, good sir, from Tim Hortons Field, and uh, kickoffs at 5.30. Can't wait. All We're right, man, have some fun. On. We're going to have the commission on. By oh, the yes. Way, Randy I, and Brosie, I and forgot to ask you about that. Let, yeah. Okay, do you have 20 more sec- 30 more seconds here? Give me the, the rundown. Yes. The Selly's back. I know. I don't know how much more creative anyone can get than Duke Williams going in the booster juice sign, but the fact that if you did that this week, it wouldn't be a, uh, wouldn't be a flag. I love it. I, I, think, I think it's outstanding. So... Um, as long as it's not disrespectful and, and stupid and delays the game, um, I think the, the CFL has bigger fish to fry here than you know penalizing someone for crawling a, in a booster juice sign. We all thought it was funny, and, and, and it was fun. It went viral. It made Monday Night Football. That's a pretty good thing for the league. 
Yeah, no doubt. It was a lot of fun, so I'm all for it. So I actually wanted to bring that up with you earlier, but I completely forgot. So I'm happy you uh, brought that up, Dave. So, And yes, we can hear more on that with the commissioner tonight. So we look you forward to that. Okay, Brennan. Thanks, man. All right, Dave. That's Dave Campbell, our Eskimos radio analyst. And uh, Morley and Dave will have the call tonight uh, on 6.30. Chad, you'll also hear from Blake Dermott uh, during the broadcast as well. 152, we'll take our final time out and come back and wrap up the show. One fifty-five in Edmonton, back here on Oilers Now. Brendan Ulrico with you, reminding you to check out Royal Pizza, pizza pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 49 years. For menu locations, visit royalpizza.ca and download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Our uh, trivia question earlier in the show, I didn't actually say who the uh, player was that we were talking about. It is Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and Bobby, not Bob Stoffer, won the uh, the tickets to uh, the Derby this uh, Saturday. But uh, we had a few people asking uh, who the uh, player was that we were talking about, and the question was, what shot Euler is a big fan of thoroughbred racing, actually owns uh, a few horses, and that is Ryan Nugent Hopkins. You can text us 630-630. I can't believe they're sitting out Mitchell. Someone has a text in. I'm with you on that as well. I mean, wow. The offense looked great last week. I know Hazleton's a veteran guy. You want to get him in. But, Matt, how can you sit Mitchell out after that game? I know he's not sitting out. He's backing up Hazleton. I don't know if one of them gets scratched or what exactly happens. Maybe they work them both in at times. We'll see what they decide to do. But I just... How do you... Tell y'all, like this guy was unbelievable last week, and now you're sitting him out. To me, it's a bit of a head scratch. The offense is still good. They have all kinds of weapons. I get it, but just based on the game he just had, you need to play the guy and feature him. So it's interesting. We'll see what happens tonight. The Eskimos and the Tie Cats. That wraps up the Thursday edition of Oilers Now. We're back tomorrow. It's a work uh, in progress, a fluid show at this time, but uh, we're looking forward to that. Enjoy the Eskimos game tonight. The broadcast starts at 4 o'clock. But first, we have the 2 o'clock news with Bob Layton, followed by the afternoon news with Jalen I and Andrew Gross. So long from Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched.